Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Tuesday, 14th of November. I am back from Thailand. Just before I went away on November the 2nd, we bought back into the market after 120 days of sitting in cash in the strategy portfolio. We went fully invested. And that, of course, was on the back of the Fed meeting two weeks ago, which seemed to ring the bell on interest rates, peak rates, and the market, I have been keeping it in my peripheral vision whilst teeing off at the Black Mountain Golf Club in Hua Hin, has been behaving itself. If we look at the strategy portfolio since I left, the NASDAQ ETF we bought is up 4%, the S&P 500 ETF up 2.4%, and the ASX 200 ETF up half a percent. We also bought a nominal 9% holding in a real ETF SLF and that's up 1.2%. So for the moment this rally has continued and now I'm just going to take it day by day to see whether we have just been caught in a sugar hit from the last Fed meeting or whether this is going to create a more pivotal longer term moment. The strategy portfolio is not supposed to be a trading portfolio but you still have to take a bit of a risk when you go into the market. We've done that. Nice to have a bit of a cushion but the scary part of the rally we've seen is it really is, again, a very narrow rally. Big tech is leading the way. You might have seen Microsoft hitting an all-time high. Just to point out, I've done two sets of on-the-couch podcasts with John Abernathy of Climb Investment Management. Climb, of course, licenses Marcus today. But John, in both those sets of podcasts, I asked the question I ask almost anyone I interview, if you had to sell everything and buy just one stock, what would you buy. Both times John has said Microsoft. His theory is that the big get bigger in big tech. Microsoft can pretty much buy anybody they want. They've got a very strong balance sheet. And as with AI, they are one of the biggest players along with Amazon and they will hoover up market share. So Microsoft in all-time highs. But the point is, fairly narrow rally that we're seeing in the US once again. And we wait to see if that spreads across the market. And that is a day-by-day decision at this point. I have to say, I don't trust it too much because the big tech stocks are more expensive than they were were when we started to criticize them and before they fell over recently they dropped about 15% recently but have now resurrected a good results season has helped particularly Microsoft the earnings numbers are higher now than they were last time the sector peaked but still everything's a bit ritzy and it is a blind man who assumes that this is a material pivot point at this early stage So we wait to see what happens from here. The indicators obviously to watch are bond yields. Bond yields have broken that uptrend now. So it does look a more material pivot point. And certainly equity markets, particularly the NASDAQ and therefore the US market, have shown a fairly material bottoming at this point. But it could be just a trade. I don't trust it, but let's give it a chance. Since getting into the market, the NASDAQ ETF we bought, HNDQ, is up 4%. The S&P 500 ETF we bought, IHVV, is up 2.4%. And the ASX 200 ETF we bought, A200, is up half a percent. So Australia getting left behind by big tech. And whilst I have bought Macquarie as a stock market stock, which should go up if the market goes up, 
and BHP, which is sort of doing okay, but not dazzling. Whilst I have bought those two, I do think this is very much a big tech thing at this point. And whilst we've caught that with our US ETFs, Australia seems to be at the back of the room. So to sum that up, the strategy portfolio got fully invested two weeks ago on the back of the FOMC meeting and the message that interest rates have peaked. And it's going okay, and we will take it day by day, as usual, waking up in the morning making decisions. I don't have a lot of faith. In the ideas portfolio, we got invested as well. I could have bought, on the day, I could have bought 50 stocks. We chose a few. The Australian one's not doing that well, but we are doing well in the trades. We've started once again in FANG. We're up 8%. HNDQ up 5.5%. LNAS, thank you, David, for prodding me about not buying SNAS on the way down. Well, I've bought LNAS on the way up. We're up 13% in 12 days, and we're up 4.1%. 1% in IHVV. Then we've got a few other stocks. I wanted to make the point in REITs that if interest rates have peaked, that sector had just dropped 15%. It's not a volatile sector, but it had a fairly precipitous drop and was bound to come back. So we bought GPT. We're up 3.6% on them. You could have bought a number of REITs. We also used the opportunity to put the 13% cash we had in the income portfolio to work in the MT long-term income portfolio. We bought a number of REITs, topped up on REITs. I also bought CBA. I'll get to the banks in a minute. We're up 3.5% on that. Qantas were up 6.6%. Telstra were up 1.2%. So fairly boring Australian trades, I've got to say. In order to really make the most of this trading opportunity, we would have had to buy stocks on high PEs like Zero and WiseTech and other stocks that don't sit comfortably at night with their lack of fundamentals. So we've been a bit conservative and missed some of the more ritzy gains in the Australian market, but that's okay. The game here is to take as little risk as possible and make gains. So these low volatility US ETFs have provided us with that and we've done quite nicely. Let's just keep running it day by day, see what happens. And today we're okay because the market is up. At one point it was up 63 points, currently up 40 points. So doing okay today. Now, whilst I was away, there were a few negatives. Powell spoke last week and tried to put the genie back in the bottle. I think he's a little perturbed that the market is assuming interest rates have peaked, which takes options away from him to raise rates in the future. But despite his repeated hawkishness, the market didn't believe him. You can't put the genie back in the bottle, Jerome. You've let it out. Possibly for good. Possibly interest rates have peaked. No good being prudish now, or should I say prudent now. So he was ignored last week. Another event was a very poor appetite for a US Treasury bond auction. And this is potentially dangerous. I don't think we have to worry about it too much in the short term. But the perma bears who tend to examine the foundations of the market rather Rather than the daily noise, the foundations of the market in the US in particular have a major crack, which is the level of US debt and the servicing costs. Servicing costs in the last two years, whilst interest rates have risen, have gone from $500 billion a year to $1 trillion a year in the US. And they have to fund that by issuing bonds. And if the bond market appetite, which was clearly damaged in this most recent bond auction, if the bond market appetite isn't there. It's going to be a struggle. The US is running with extraordinary debt levels after 
15 years of money printing since the GFC, which doubled again in the pandemic. So cracks in the foundation. But if you start to worry about those, you will exit the building possibly way too early. No good living in a tent in the woods because you think the house will fall down. The house could stay up for a lot longer. So until the market starts to obsess about debt, servicing costs, which of course could arrive precipitously, but we will get a warning. But until the market starts to focus on that, it's good to note the weaknesses, but I wouldn't necessarily react to them until the rest of the market starts to. The other canary in the mine, apart from some of the perma bears talking about debt and debt servicing costs and capabilities, was the Moody's downgrade to the US credit rating from stable to negative. Just to give you one of the lines in their statement, they said, so it's just a rating agency, Moody's, but they said, in the absence of policy action, in other words, if the US government doesn't find ways to earn more and spend less, in the absence of policy action, US debt affordability will decline further steadily and significantly to very weak levels compared to other highly rated sovereign nations and US Congress failing to reach consensus on a fiscal plan to slow the decline in debt affordability. They point out the polarization in Congress being a barrier to any progress being made on the debt front. So Moody's another canary in the mine having a tweet and possibly warning that it might be dropping off the perch at some point in the future. So the market ignoring the longer term problems in the short term and in the short term we have the CPI number tonight headline CPI in the US is obviously fairly critical it could kill this rally or feed it CPI expected to be look out for the headline numbers are supposed to be it or rather consensus for the headline numbers are expected to be plus 0.1% and plus 3.3% year on year that's the headline number the core number plus 0.3% and plus 4.1% so whilst the the core number is the same as last month or the consensus is for the same numbers as last month. The headline CPI should be down from 0.4% to 0.1% and 0.3 points and sorry and plus 3.7% down to 3.3%. So if we saw much more progress than that on the consensus front it's pretty much going to confirm interest rates have peaked. The Fed are not going to be raising rates again and the debate will roll to when are there going to be interest rate cuts. At the moment there's a 61% chance that rates will be lowered by June next year. Anyway, let's watch the CPI number tonight and doubtless have more to say about that tomorrow. Kill or fill? Will it kill or fill this rally? We'll just keep waking up in the mornings and making decisions. All right, that's about that. Ignoring the negatives and watching the CPI number. I've written up the bank's today after the results season we've obviously got things like the nab going ex-dividend today that's why it's down three percent i have done the research the numbers and the charts on the banks in my section today and i have put zero on the chart always worth it with income stocks things like utilities infrastructure banks reits put zero on the scale obviously whenever you get a a piece of charting software it adjusts the scale to capture the high and low over the period that you're looking at but sometimes it looks a lot more volatile than it is if you put zero on the chart you might find some stocks are simply flatlining and that's why 
I've put zero on the chart for the bank's charts today, just so you can see how volatile they are. And they're not very volatile. Most of them over the last four years or so have flatlined with the pandemic blip in the middle, which makes the point these are not growth stocks. They're not trading stocks. They're income stocks. Broker target prices on the Westpac after results. Average target price 8.5% above the current share price. NAB 3.5% below. ANZ 6.7% above. And as always, and they're always wrong, CBA average broker target price 10.8% below the current target, the current share price, which tells you one thing, broker research isn't very good because the CBA has outperformed the market consistently and hugely outperformed the other major banks. It is arguably the best income stock in the world. Silly thing to say, but probably is. Right, quick things today. The market up 40 points. Bit of a resurrection in resources. Mineral resources up 2.7%. Woodside up 2.3%. Santos up 2.1%. Energy, the best performing sector today. Resources also doing okay. BHP up 1.2%. Rio up 1.7% today. Having gone ex-dividend, this is the day brokers get on the phone and say, right, you should be selling your NAB and buying the CBA, which is the next bank with results coming up. Uranium on the fly again. Paladin up 5% today. The Westpac Melbourne consumer sentiment survey has seen a sharp drop in November. In Australia, of course, we've just had a rate rise rather than a rates pause. Iron ore futures are up today, hence Fortescue Metals up 2.7%. Champion Iron up 2.7% as well. The CBA is up 0.4% today, had September quarter results. No dividend with these, of course. Statutory profit up 1%. Telstra also up a touch today after confirming guidance. Goodman Group down 0.7% on its AGM. NAB Business Survey suggests the economy is resilient. UBS leading the pack on predicting the Fed will cut rates by March. This is going to be the next debate, isn't it? When are rates going to get cut? And there you go. Dow futures doing nothing, down two points. NASDAQ futures doing nothing, up 16 points. Doesn't really matter till that CPI number is out. That'll do for today. I had so much stuff I could have written this morning. We will get to that during the week. You have a fabulous day. Back tomorrow. Henry, by the way, is away tonight. Back to the UK. Family things to attend to. So you will have me on the morning and end of day podcast for the next week or so. You have a good day.